Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers! This episode is the second half of our recording session that went on a bit longer than anticipated, and so we broke it into two episodes. Last week, you got drinks. This week, you'll get experience. But I'm here to fill in the gap with a recap, so you can be all caught up. So last time on Dungeon Drunks, the whole party is worried about the blue dragon Thontorvrak tracking them down and showing up. So Bernie, Jonathan, and Travancore go into hardcore planning mode, while Carlton does his best to keep his eye on the sky. Eventually, they find food and rest, prepared to face the next morning, no matter what happens or what might show up. And that is where we begin. Is there anything people would like to do throughout the day in specific, or are you just going to enjoy the day? It seems to be another gorgeous, uh, crystal clear, bitterly cold blue morning day. Is there any way that Bernie can do some lockpicking practice during the day? Yeah, if you want to just sit on your bed, pull out your lock and do some lockpicking, give me a dexterity check. How long would you like to practice for? Uh, uh, until she gives up. That's a 15, so she's she's in it for a minute, yeah. Yeah, you get it first try. You're like, huh, maybe a good night's sleep was all I needed to get some of these skills to, to stick. While you are sitting on the bed practicing, I'll say this after breakfast, you all kind of have the day. I need someone, I need one person who is not Bernie, since she is a little busy, to volunteer to roll a d4. I'll do it. All right, roll me a d4. Oh, I rolled a one. Okay. What are the rest of you doing while she's doing this? Are you hanging out in the in the room? Or are you going up top again? I was going to go up top to draw. Okay. Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to talk to Carlton. Carlton was on his way to go out, and then Jonathan's like, hey, but, hey, hey, hey. Oh, no, no, we'll walk and talk. We'll, we'll, we'll walk and talk. What we're right, going to we'll do, uh, we'll definitely want to be, yeah, we're, we're going to want to be, uh, we're going to be want to uh, be outside. All right, so the two of you head up, and Travancore's drawing on the deck with the shadow nearby. Uh, Bernie's practicing her lockpicking skills, and the two of you are, are slowly circling the deck of the ship. What's up, bud? All right. So, I want to practice with something. Okay. So, you don't... You hit things, and you hit them very, very well. I like to think so. I have a few skills. That is one of them. What's your plan to hit something that you can't reach? That doesn't seem like a problem. I can reach anything. Okay. And he, uh, and Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to snap, and a, and a mage hand is going to appear... Uh, 20 feet above him, and give him the finger. <laughs> and Fuck you too, Mage Hand. I mean, that Mage Hand is super disrespectful. Why don't you try and hit it? But you made the Mage Hand, so I should hit you. No, no, try and you're the being mage disrespectful hand. to me. I mean, I'm being, making a point here. Hit the Mage Hand. Alright, I'm gonna throw a javelin at the Mage Hand. Okay. Does the Mage Hand come with an AC? Uh, it might. Should I just do it against the spell DC? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Unless Jonathan can find a uh, Mage Hand AC in the time it's going to take you to roll an attack with your javelin. Nope. 19. Excellent. Uh, so you, yeah. Carlton, 
Roll a strength check. Uh, strength, uh, uh unskilled just strength a, check. Just give me a strength check. Yep, twenty-four. Excellent. Ooh. You, with unearing accuracy, just nail this mage hand, and of course it sails through the mage hand, which you totally expected, and up over the side of the boat and funk into the ocean. Fuck! Ha! Somehow I still made a, have made my point. How many of those do you have? Well, does that one count? How many do you have now? Is there a way to get that one back? The crewman that was sitting on the side of the boat that uh, was keeping an eye on the sails over there, who uh, watched this happen and was ready to dodge when this happened and then just watched it sail over your over his head and go into the ocean, looks back and goes, Only if you can swim pretty fast. Fuck. Uh, what? Okay. So, if you had a target that was up there and moving, you'd have one more chance to hit it. Two, if we go and replace that javelin. Which, I, I, but I'm sorry, Jonathan the Mad Muscular will, of course, uh, replace that javelin somehow. However, I would like to practice something with you. Okay. Because I think we need to have contingencies if we fight more flying creatures. I'm not saying any flying creature in specific. But just flying creatures in general. Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to make sure that we have a plan. And Jonathan the Magimuscular always has a plan. Oh, are you going to cast Concrete Shoes? How would that help? You cast Concrete Shoes on a flying creature and they fall to the ground. And then I hit them. Worked on Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> he, he has Not to take wrong. The, school, the school of hard knocks to get that spell. <laughs> Thontorvac is an extremely cunning and... Wait, is that a real spell? No, No. it's not. But can we maybe one time play a mob game where that is a real spell? Can maybe, like, our next RTX Live game, that's a scroll that we can find? Scroll of concrete shoes. Only if I can talk like Edward G. Robertson, see? (laughs) All of these are options. Let us please move on while my brain goes into overdrive with that. We play our evil twin game. <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe uh, Jonathan the Mad Muscular feel, finds a way to Sonny Corleone guy. Moving on. <laughs> all right. We're all terrible people. So Jonathan the Mad Muscular is going to cast Bigby's hand. Jackie Green, this swing of fireball is about to be for you. Yay! Oh, that's the oh oh oh. That's a big ah, swig. The that's... rest of this episode is about to get a lot more interesting. That was yeah. a multiple swig. It's like a weeknight. I'm on vacation. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. You're going to pack. So Jonathan's going to cast Bigby's hand, and he is just going to command it to lay flat, like have an open, upwards-facing palm. Carlton? Yeah. Get on. I can, I can get on this thing? Get on. Please. I, like, cautiously, like, as you, like, test the, like, how thick the ice is beneath your feet. I, like, tippy-tap the edge of it and before putting weight on the thing. And then I eventually, I stand on the palm. Totally takes your weight. A whole new world. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic point. I'm assuming you are, we're doing the big V's. There's a, there's, I know there's a palm for that. I don't remember which one it is, but it's the one that Uh, you can. I'm trying to remember the one that Scanlan used. Because he moved himself around on it, but I don't want to do that. I want to move someone. Do you look at him and go, do you trust me? (laughs) <laughs> all right okay all right we're carlton yes i'm going to move it up okay i have to do this quickly because the spell doesn't last long hold on and i'm gonna move it up 10 feet Whoa. 
I would say for, like, I'm totally happy to let this happen. I'd say for the rules, lawyer reasons, you could either use the grasping hand and you say that he's like holding onto Carlton's feet or the interposing hand, which would give Carlton more uh, wiggle room, but could cause more knocking off problems. I'd say you you could choose from either of those. You know what? Okay, that's fine. So when he gets on, the hand clinches his feet like you were talking about. So it is shoot concrete ethereal force force shoes. So it kind of grips his shoes and lifts him up. God damn it. I just so I wanted to like read Big B's hand as so I went to D&D Beyond, which is wonderful. But instead, I typed Big B's shoes. Nope. <laughs> oh, but Big B had to have shoes. I'm sure Big B had <laughs> shoes sure and a did. garter belt and everything. <laughs> so, needless to say, I failed my investigation check and nothing showed up for Big B's shoes. <laughs> I'm like, Carlton, how you doing? Uh, this, this is this is new. Uh, All right. This is, this is a thing. How I effectively can you swing your sword? Because I know you have to work your legs, but can you work your legs okay? It's a little a little weird. All right, it's going to get more weird. And I was going to go up to 40. I just go right up to 60. Okay. I feel like it's like I'm like wobbling. Like, well, and I'm assuming, Jonathan, that you are uh, smart enough to have the hand keep pace with the ship. Uh, Yes, I probably would. I, mean? I, I imagine I think that I like, at first you weren't. And then you're like, oh, shit, I got to do this, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, like I see Carlton moving. I'm like, oh, shoot. So yep. I bring him back down a little bit. So I can use some movement to keep up with the ship. Okay. And I know there's movement. How fast can Bigby's hand move? 60 feet. Okay. So you can keep you can keep up with the ship because the ship is not booking it right now because it is it's breaking through ice. Uh, so yeah, you you kind of figure out movement and you're keeping Carlton with pace. Carlton, it's weird. But you like it. You know. <laughs> Because you're not in charge of your movement right now, it might be a little awkward in a fight, but it, you know what, if you had a, to attack a flying creature, it'd get you up there and you wouldn't have to worry too much about falling, so you think you could manage. Don't, don't wizards just make people fly normally without this thing? Some wizards do. I have chosen a different path. Prepare for descent. Can, <laughs> can Travancore hear all this? Absolutely. He's going to walk over to Jonathan and say, you know I could just summon a giant eagle, right? Yes, but we, if you, if I lose concentration on this, he falls. If you lose concentration on your eagle, he falls. We need contingencies. Both of us need to be able to do similar things. Well, if it's something as big as what we're thinking of, then all we would need is to get Carlton onto the aforementioned thing. It assumes that he could hold on. Let's find out. Yes. So, Carl. Oh my yes. god, if Bernie's in the fucking room, not the babysitting, head goes up you idiots, you're all, like, all of you the usually deck. overlap. There's usually some kind of adulting, but apparently when it comes to flying, everybody's got the idiot <laughs> switch on. God, Everyone? I can't. I-, I walked over to him to basically pull water out of your lungs. Hey. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So it's not enough you drunk dial a dragon, you gotta get our friend killed too? Ah, uh, 15 feet won't kill him. All I'm right. fine. I can take a hit. And I assume that Bigby's hand is keeping pace with the boat, too, and not just falling yes. back. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's been... Yeah. All right. Carlton. What? I am going to let go of you. Wait. Why? We're going to see if you can hang on to a flying creature. Carlton. There's not a flying creature here. 
<laughs> before this happens, as you're 15 feet up in the air, I'd love you to roll a perception check. Oh, good. Goody, goody. Yes. Yes, perception checks are yes. good. Uh, 24. Excellent perception check, friend. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, even though it's not a crit or anything, or I didn't rage, I'm going to take my shot of Dayquil because my lungs hurt. Take it. Feel better. You oh, should have taken it a while ago. <laughs> well, you recover from Dayquil, which always tastes like ass. You notice about 70, 80 feet off the, off the side of the ship that you're you're kind of on one side of the ship. You're not like over the water or anything, but you know, you can't right be, be right in the middle because of the mast. You see spray up in into the air from something swimming. You take a little bit of a closer look and you notice what looks like a couple of whales swimming. Huge whales spray every time they they surface flying into the air. And just as the a uh, gentleman in the crow's nest starts to shout something out. You notice, oh, they're they're not just swimming. They're being chased. And there's like something else behind them. A dark shape chasing them in the water. Uh... Carlton, prepare to be dropped. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold. Three. I see, some, I see something. Two. If you wait, drop me, you, this is on you. Wait, what? Stop. I see oh, something. What? There's a thing. And then Travancore, you and Hold on. Travancore, you and Jonathan. Well, at this point, everybody now hears the the gentleman in the crow's nest calling on down to Vera. Captain! Pod swords off the starboard bow! And you all look and you can see there there seems to be this group of whales, and then behind them. It's a little harder to see from your vantage point, but from 15 feet up, Carlton has just enough of an angle to be able to see these dark shapes in the water. And Carlton, as you watch, you now watch as this dark shape rears up out of the water, a huge uh, mawed mouth slamming down into the whale in front of it as the spray that was coming up from this whale falters and the thing flips over a giant fin rising up as this whale is just grabbed by this pleosaur and turned over on its side. And as the rest of the whales continue to quickly flee, swimming around some ice, getting under a couple of of chunks of ice, this group of three pleosaurs just surround this one whale and begin to massively dig into this whale that they've just hunted. And I shout down, I see the circle of life! Um... Cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, move me over to the crow's nest. Uh, you would have to go the full 60 feet back up if you how wanted to do uh, that. Uh, uh, time check. How long does Jonathan the Magimuscular figure he's got left on this spell? Uh, Bigby's hand is a minute. Yes. I'm going to say 15 seconds. Uh, all right. But I'm leaving you there. And I direct him up to the crow's nest. Whoop. And I'm like, ha ha, I don't need a crow's nest. Oh, fuck. And I see, realize I'm, I'm going to start falling. It's like, grab onto the crow's nest. Yeah, you're, I mean, 15 seconds is enough for him to get you up there for you to grab on. And, and, and I start seeing oh, the no, fading I, thing. I, uh, I let go early. And I'm like, hey, Travancore, remember how we were going to see if he could, uh, if he could hold on to something? Yeah. All right. And right as he's going to get to the crow's nest, I let go. All right, Carl. We're going to so. test this. It's for your own good. Roll me an athletics check. Athletics. Yeah. Because you can grab it. I'm assuming Jonathan didn't let go out of your reach. It just... 20. Oh, yeah. It's 
it's you grab hold on the outside land and then pull yourself up back into the crow's nest. I yell back, Jackass! No, no, you pass. I was like, Travancore, he passed. Yeah, I think he could hold on to a dragon. Yeah, he passed and you failed. I uh, I give a thumbs up to Carlton as the other big beast hand fades away. <laughs> I flip him the bird. Carlton, from up here, you can clearly see the Pleosaurus just going after this whale. The guy that was in the crow's nest is the same one that you saw uh, last night. And he's like, really, again? Come on. I wasn't planning to be left here. I was just going to say hi. But now that's my way down. So, excuse me. Excuse, but, that's fine. But, 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 and he scoot, moves scoot, around. Scoot, so he can scoot, go on me. down. Yeah, I'll go down. Uh, wait. And then I, like, poke my head back up through the crow's nest hole. Are those things common? What? The the whales or the Pleosaurus? The, uh, is that what those things are that eating the whales? Yeah. Yeah. Never seen common? one before? Eh, no. They're not, they're not uncommon. Is that something we got to worry about? Nah. We're way too big for them. Okay. So, but if we're in the water, is that something I got to worry about? I wouldn't go swimming. No. Don't go swimming. Okay. What else do I need to worry about? Uh, not swimming. Right. But I might fall. And... I would suggest not falling. Right. But if I do, what else is in there? Lots of stuff. Sharks and sanguine and I don't like the ocean jellyfish anymore. and coral Ooh, and killer whales and all kinds of bad stuff. I'm just gonna Also it's gonna be not, cold. Don't don't I'm go. I'm just in gonna there. not fall. Cold. I'm just gonna not fall. That's, that's a good, that's, good idea. That's smart idea. Right. Good idea. Don't do that. And you climb on back down? I start climbing back down. Okay. And then I put my head back up, like, oh, take care. You too. Don't don't go swimming. All right, and you don't fall either. <laughs> I'll be fine. Is there anything else the rest of you would like to do today? I think at random points of the day, I'm just going to fuck with Crow's Nest guy. Oh, <laughs> okay. his job is hard enough without you. Come like, on. What, like, at one point, I'll just come with like a bottle, like a thing of grog. Like, hey, figure you might want something hot to drink. You know, okay. Did, who here watched Dexter's Laboratory? I know of it. Not often yeah, enough. Yeah, I've seen it All right. You know how Dee Dee, whenever she would go into Dexter's lab, her her little head would rise over Dexter's table, and there'd be like that violin string, like. Yep. I'd yep. Be I do know that. To That's exactly what I was picturing. Another Big B's hand to make sure that Carlton can do that gag. Also practice, but also for that gag. He has a hard life. He well, just... uh, Carlton, roll a persuasion check. As the the day has gone by, you've done your practice. Uh, Bernie's been doing practicing with her locks picking. You've gotten some grog and brought it up to this guy in the crow's nest. You do notice he gets he does get breaks. I've been rolling a lot of twenties today. That's another twenty. No nice. dirty twenty. Holy 30, 20. shit! Okay. My last all my rolls nineteen twenty four twenty four twenty twenty. Which have been good. We're fucked when combat starts. <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. It was a little misappropriated. Nope, that's not how this works. Not how it works. We're going to be on nice dice furlough. Oh, what is Curtis this guy's name? I figured I would ask him at some point. Well, I'll say. Now that I'm harassing him all day. Here's what happens. You do manage to, you notice that he's been getting breaks. That like other people relieve him. It seems like he's got the morning and the evening shift and then other people relieve him in the afternoon. So you go back up uh, towards the evening, kind of the same time you did yesterday, uh, bringing him grog. He will let you know that his name is Gabrinth. And he's like exasperated when you show up. But then he sees the grog and he's like, what? Another five minutes? At least you're coming with bribes this time. No, this is just because. All right. I'm not going to say no, especially at the end of my shift. Uh, he, he takes the grog. All right. Eee. <laughs> <laughs> I make that sound as I go back down. Right. You know, there's not a trap door. Oh, what? I need 
someone else who is not Travancore to roll a d4. I Got will it. do Oh, jeez. <laughs> I rolled a one. <laughs> okay. I'm going to roll a d4 for shits and giggles so we <laughs> sure. can do a little choose-your-own-adventure style where we, you know, when you, like, pick a page and you're like, well, fuck, I didn't like that. What I didn't like happen? that. I'm just going to go to this one. I is like this like plan. Bandersnatch type deal, or is it more like uh, Soyleo Moonfry and Chad Allen in like Singapore? Damn, Travancore. Oh, deep, deep cuts. Deep, deep cuts. Listeners at home, if you got any of that, I, I, because I, us. I, let us know. Yeah, Soleil because Moonfry, I did. Moonfry, everybody knows who she. Okay, never mind. No. All right, we got, I got oh, one punk, part of oh, it. Oh, punky, punk, punky. All right, <laughs> punky. Well, let's, Let's do both. Excellent. So I'll say at this point, it's getting towards the end of the day. Bernie, you've kind of finished your lock picking and have gone up to the the boat, uh, the, the top of the boat. Because it's been such a nice day, it's nice to kind of stretch your legs and get some sun, even when it's this cold. Does she come up? Can she come up around the time that that Big... I really would like her to make an interest at this point. Bigby's hand has been released, and she watches as... As her 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 favorite half orc falls and gra- can she please see that? I'm gonna say this happened. That happened in the morning while you were doing lock picking stuff. So you come back up uh, after lunch uh, after you're done with your successful round of of lock picking practice. Once again, everything seems to be going smoothly. Nothing is out of the place. And then you all hear, and it's this weird noise. It's like something fell on the deck of the ship, and. Uh, Actually, I'm curious. Oh, no. I just, like, sometimes you guys can't see it, but Lauren makes these faces, and it's like, she can be super emotive, but you have to watch out when she's not being super emotive. <laughs> because she, was, she just makes little eyebrow face. Just, hmm. And you're like, we're gonna die. No, n- not yet, anyway. I'm gonna see say... See what I told? This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna say... Bucks, you notice it first before Shadow notices it. It's a fish on the deck. Bucks notices, and so Jonathan and Travancore notice it moments after Bucks notices this like rainbow trout, small fish, not a huge trout, like a tiny little. But not fish a trout because has... trout are river fish. Yes, but like like rainbow trout in the sense that they've got that striation on their, their scales, Pretty but very small. Like you could hold it in the palm of your hand. Has jumped, has obviously jumped out of the water onto the deck of the the, the boat because it is a live squirming fish. And Bucks has a moment of huh before instincts kick in, and then Shadow has a moment of huh before instincts kick in, and I need the two of them to roll an uh, an attack. <laughs> <laughs> Should it be a bite or a claw? Just a standard like. We, what about I'll let Coco you both Snoot, decide. Does Coco Snoot have too much dignitas? Well, I think if it's going to try try to do it, I think it's going to bite's going to be the most appropriate thing. Coco Coco Snoot is a working dog. Coco Snoot's got uh, a dignitas. He's he's a different type of of working animal. All right, what do we get? Twenty one. <gasps> I'm still looking because I don't. Uh, I don't know what kind of attacks Bucks has. Hang on. That's true. He doesn't attack. Oh, I've very never often. seen Bucks attack a thing, have I? I have think I? I think uh Shadow's still gonna get him before before Bucks does. Well, while you're looking it up, would you like to hear a song that I sing to Travancore Jr. sometimes? Yes. Sure. 
Fishy, fishy, fishy in the sea. I'm waiting for a fish for you and me. Aww. All right. Yeah, his uh, his bonus is just plus three. So he gets a dirty 20. Okay. Damn, those are both really good rolls. Again, when nothing's trying to kill us. Yeah. The, those are both super good rolls. So here's what I'm going to say. Travancore was Shadow uh, doing a bite or a claw. Bite. Okay. Shadow bites down on the head of this fish kind of instinct kicking in to not only grab it, but also dispatch of it quickly. And so he chomps down on the head of this fish and gets a good chunk of it. And so when Bucks swoops down and nabs at it, he gets kind of the smaller portion of the tail. But the two of them, uh, like the natural predators they are, very quickly uh, shred this fish into, for a shadow, a bite-sized portion for Bucks, a smaller bit of fish. As they continue to devour this, and you're all looking at this like, huh, that's weird. You all hear, and then, oh yeah, there's another one on the deck. And then there's another. And then all of a sudden, there is just a wave of tiny rainbow-colored fish. Their uh, scales glinting off the setting sun, just flying trying to get over the ship but they're all landing like rain on the deck of the ship i need you all to roll dexterity saving throws oh boy it's rain and fish we're about to get fish slapped hallelujah you're all about to get fish slapped bernie doesn't have any good dexterity animal stewardess people i i need everybody oh everybody 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 who would not like to be hit by a ton of fish everybody yeah. So I have danger sense, which gives me advantage of things that I can see, and both of those rolls were an eight. Okay, so what what'd you get, Carlton, total? An eight. Oh, okay. Uh Travancore <laughs> and Shadow, what'd you two what'd you get? Twenty one for Travancore, uh seventeen for Shadow. And Bernie and Coco Snoot. Uh ten and eleven. Good. And Jonathan and Bucks. Jonathan the Muscular gets a fourteen and Bucks. A 12. Excellent. Everybody except Carlton managed to dodge out of the way of this cascade of fish. They all seem to be coming from, like, they're not covering the boat. It all seems to be, like, this localized, they're all trying to leap out of the water from one area. And, like, a lot of them are getting over the boat, but many of them are failing miserably and landing on the boat. Carlton, you are too mesmerized by this really weird sight. uh, And you take several fish to the face. And while you don't take any damage... You you take a fish to the face. How does that feel? Slimy, yet satisfying. <laughs> and then you take another fish to the face. And now you're being pummeled by fish. I, I don't like this now. And then up in the crow's nest, you hear the gentleman going, Well, well, hard to part, hard to part, hard to part. Vera starts to turn the boat a little uh, more roughly than you've experienced. At this point, it's just been a straight shot on calm seas. And all of a sudden, the boat veers enough that the several dozen fish that are on the the top of this boat actually start to slide towards the other side none of you have to make any checks or anything you can all hang on um and then you see out of the water next to you one of those whales that the pleosaurs had been chasing rearing up its maw open as it just grabs a ton of water and fish. And even as it is rising up into the air and gulping down all of these fish, more of them are like jumping out of its mouth to land on the deck. What would y'all like to be doing? 
uh, getting out of the way. Yeah, okay. Bernie's gonna do a little taking of the cover. Okay. So the whale is coming onto the boat? No, so the, the boat is going where it's going, and then from the side of the boat, the whale was coming up under this school of fish and is now risen out of the sea, kind of straight up, as these fish are trying to escape its grasp, essentially. But it's it's a massive whale. This whale might be larger than the hull of this ship. Yeah, I'm making my way below decks. Okay. Uh, I need you all to roll a perception check. Oh, did I really? Did I really? Did you really? Oh dear. Oh dear. Eh, it's not that bad, but I just mad at myself. All right, Carlton. Okay. Uh, that'll be a fifteen. All right. Uh, Travancore and I'm gonna say just Travancore. Oh, just Travancore then. Twenty-three. Okay. Um, and Jonathan. Seven. And Bernie. Of uh, fifteen. Okay, you. I mean, you all scramble and get out of the way just as this ginormous whale uh, lifts up out of the water just enough in where you can see a, a good portion of its body. And then it, in a weird way, gracefully falls to the side back into the water. This spray of the, the displacement from this massive whale sends a wave up onto the deck, washing away most of the fish. Uh, all the people who were on the deck are kind of braced for this, and Vera had gone off to the side, so no one is washed over shore. But all of you managed to, to duck underneath. Travancore... As you're you're kind of gauging where this whale is coming up and where these fish are flying to and where you need to go, where you need to move. And so you're very hyper aware of everything's going on. You notice behind the whale, like 100, 120 feet off the ba- off the, the side of the boat. And you only notice it because you're like looking at this whale and gauging where it's going. You can see this massive chunk of ice that... You've been kind of weaving between icebergs a lot of these these days, and this is this is a huge chunk of ice. It's almost a an island of ice. There's something in it. It's almost like the front half of a boat. And then you duck underneath. Oof. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official free-to-play Dungeons & Dragons-based clicker game available on Steam, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, Dice Camera Action, C-Team, Force Grey, and even more. It's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. And speaking of chests... Thanks to the fine folks who made Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest for the Steam version of the game to all of our listeners. Now, this code expires on February 3rd, 2019 at 8pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. O-O-F-S-B-O-L-D-A-D-O s w a d s so use that code and then let us know on twitter or instagram what goodies you got and now enough of the loot drops back to the show there's something in the ice guys wait wait what what i think i think there's a boat frozen in that iceberg behind the whale wait what what Uh, what you feel as the boat 
it had been doing that hard turn to avoid all of this and you feel it right itself and you hear the captain yelling out orders above and it seems like the the immediate i don't want to say danger but the immediate threat seems to be gone i i make my way back up and i inform the captain about the iceberg with the uh the ship in there if she didn't see it already she's struggling with the the wheel and kind of riding the ship and when she's got everything kind of in in hand again and everybody is is obviously safe she pulls out a a little spyglass and extends it and looks off to where you're looking she goes oh yeah you got good eyes there yeah it looks like uh, boat crashed in the ice maybe it's just the just the front of it i can see sticking out rest of it seems to be either below the water or maybe off to the you side. Let's go check it out. And if you want to check it out, I can get closer, but you know, it's up to you. I'm not sending my crew out on onto some iceberg. Let's take a look. How how long does it look like it's been crashed there? Ah, uh, we'd have to get closer to look. It's ice around here forms really fast. That thing could be fairly new if, if something something scuttled nearby and it or if it hit an iceberg, then it wouldn't take long for it to be overtaken. I want to explore. I feel like a fireball would be a little too much because we don't want to totally dislodge it. We maybe just want to make sure that we can get into it and maybe check out any quarters or any cargo holds that might be in there. Or somebody who, if it was a recent, maybe they're holed up. Maybe. Yeah, we, we don't want to blow them up. Yeah. It's up to you. We can get close and I can I can see what we can do. But we got to be careful. I mean, sun's going down. It's going to get bitter soon. And I don't want to be close to that iceberg when the when the, the darkness hits. Yeah, definitely. Let's uh, let's see if we can get over there quick and take a take a quick look. Yeah. Okay. Barks out orders and calls to the crew, and the boat takes kind of a, a wide turn as it's very slowly. It it basically kind of takes a U turn to get next to this iceberg. But she is Jonathan. You could tell she's an expert at at <laughs> driving this ship. <laughs> she manages to do this in just the right way that you pull up um, about. 20 25 feet away something fairly easy for you to either take one of the the dinghies on over or you know even jump if you want uh she calls out to lower the anchor and says all right well if you want to go take a look i i'm i'm willing to hang out here until the sun goes down but then once the sun goes down get your asses back up here on the ship okay so she's got us close enough where we can hop over or uh, we be- oh we're do- we're taking a dinghy that's right dinghy. this the the safe bet would be to take a dinghy but it would be a very qu- it's like 25 feet she's far enough away to keep the ship safe in case the ice is under the the surface but I mean, Carlton could probably make the jump on over but the dinghy would be the safe bet yeah let's 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 do the dinghy are you all gonna go yep. yeah I'm going. we're all yeah. going you all climb into the dinghy. Uh, they keep the rope attached to the front of it, so you can just uh, paddle on over, and they can pull you on back. It's weird. It's it's a it's a rough iceberg, but it's huge, and it's it almost feels like you're stepping onto land. It's so large, uh, especially after being on on this ship for about a day, two days at this point. And it's it's shaped like a mountain in front of you and you can see buried in the ice maybe 40 50 feet under the ice the front of this ship suspended in time jonathan roll me an investigation check you got it and while he's like checking it out i'm like you guys know what they say about like crash ships and stuff like 
nine out of ten times it's just like dead people and a bunch of free shit, and the other like one time it's a trap, and I'm willing to roll those dice. Well, yeah, but sometimes the trap is. Oh wait, I have turn undead. We're fine. There yeah, we go. We're fine. This is free shit for us. Uh, I only get a 15, uh, 14. Okay. So you're examining through the ice this ship with the knowledge that you have of ship making. It's a little hard to tell this far away, but this doesn't look like that old of a ship. Even with the, the damage from being locked in this iceberg. Yeah, this is fairly recent. Um, Jonathan the Metamuscular, as, he, as he's going up, he wants to look at places where he could uh, melt us and ingress. I'd say with that role, you 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 think you could do that. It would it would take a little while just to be safe, unless you wanted to use some of your more massive spells. But yeah, you could you could probably do that. The ship is at it's not flat in the ice; it's at a little bit of an angle, kind of sticking up. So the front of the ship is buried in ice up above the water, and then it sinks back down. But you think a good front half of the ship might be available-ish to you? You'd have to do some creative fireballing though or firebolting well uh, jonathan the magic muscular wants to consider would firebolt would would the extra beams from a scorching ray be better or would it be better to just firebolt it a bunch you think the 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 scorching ray would be faster but the firebolting because it would be slower and not as powerful would be more precise so if you wanted to make sure that you didn't actually say blow up the ship you'd want yeah. to go with the firebolt Okay, yeah, we'll go that way. And what time of day is it, like, right now? It's getting close to the sun going now. You think you maybe have, like, an hour or two before the sun is going to start setting, which is why the captain was a little worried, because once the sun sets around here, it gets bitterly cold. All right, let's make it quick. All yeah. right, so as soon as we get up, uh, he's going to start trying to put precise firebolts to to make us an entrance. Okay, uh, you start firebolting away. What are the rest of you doing while he's doing that? If anything, or are you just standing around keeping an eye out? I think keeping, keeping an eye, eye out, out. Getting, uh, you know, getting ready, you know, battle ready. Okay. Jonathan, you spend about 20, 25 minutes very carefully forming a, a pathway to the ship. As, as you're getting close to the front of this ship and you think that you're going to need to, like, basically carve your way through it because it looks like it's totally locked in ice. You do notice under the ship. There seems to be either a pocket of air or a place in where the like a tunnel has already been formed. So you could continue to go on top of the ship onto the deck, but you'll have to basically ice pick your way on through. Or you could try to go under where this air pocket is. Mystery tunnel. Mystery tunnel. Mystery tunnel. Mystery tunnel. Mystery yeah. tunnel. Mystery yeah. tunnel. Yeah. All right. You mystery tunnel on down, um, break on through, and you can see now as you as you to the do. Other side. It's a, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank Jim. you. It is a very large pocket that has formed, uh, that has formed a tunnel almost completely under this ship, and you can see, uh, yeah, like the the first two thirds of this ship are buried in this ice. Uh, you can see down to where the the iceberg ends. And the water begins. So you do know that you're you're getting fairly close to the edge. When you turn around and look behind you, the ice goes on for hundreds of feet. Like this is the very edge of this berg. Everyone roll me perception checks. Oh no. Oh no. Bernie also did not bring Coca Snoot. Okay. By the way. I just like realized like she wouldn't there's no need. Okay. Coco Snoot stays on deck. Carlton? Uh that'll be a perception of eight. And Travancore and Shadow, if Shadow has come along. 
Shadow's there. Uh, Travancore got an eight. Shadow got a seven. And Jonathan and Bucks? Uh, Jonathan Magmus here got an 11. And Bucks is going to get a 13. Okay. And Bernie? 21. Okay. You all notice that this cavern that's under the boat not only does it extend pretty far but you can see a part of the hull is broken and splintered so there is actual egress into the bottom of the boat from from where you are bernie as you're all kind of walking towards the hull you're gonna have to do a little bit of climbing nothing terribly difficult to get into the hull of this ship bernie you notice that the tunnel that you're in like you take take a second to look around and uh, look at it you'd all been thinking this might have been like an air pocket or something you see claw marks well, what, I think somebody was paying attention. What kind of claw marks? Uh, roll a nature check. Well, no, I don't. This is just going to be a straight. Like, that's a nine. Can she at least like get an idea of like, are they big? Are they a bunch of like, mostly like, I don't want to see like what animal they're from. I don't think she knows that. But I think she could say like, is this like, you know, when a bear scrapes its big claws? Or is this like when... You have a bunch of tiny things like that's what she wants to see. She could tell. Well, and you can definitely tell that even without a roll. Uh, these claws are massive. They are the size of you. Whoa. Bernie's going to reach up and she's going to tug on Carlton's loincloth. I'm wearing pants. She's going to tug on Carlton's pants. Uh, I didn't break. What's up? She's going to point the claw marks and she's going to run a finger down one of them. How'd you do that? I I <laughs> didn't. And then she's going to turn and she's going to tug on Travancore's tunic. <laughs> yeah, nature guy's going to take a look. And she's sure. going to point to the claw marks. Let's do a nature check. 18. Much better. <laughs> You're not sure what this is? I, obviously, these are huge. But as you look around, um, you realize... This tunnel was made by this creature. This was obviously excavated. This wasn't that this creature came through here. This creature might have created this tunnel. Whatever this thing is. Huh. Well, let's not linger too long. Let's uh, let's see if there's anything good here. Yep, off to the boat. All right, you're going to climb in the hull? Yeah. Why yeah. not? You climb into the hull and it is pitch black. The, obviously, there's no light. In, I mean, most of you have some sort of dark vision yeah, or, or something, but... Or goggles. Even with your dark vision, though, that does limit how much you can see. And it is also uh, refrigerator cold. It is super cold in here. The oh. hull of the ship is... Bernie's going to cast light. Okay. Uh, what are you casting it on? Uh, what should she cast it on? That's an excellent question that I just asked. I have my torches around, so in lieu of actual fire, we could just cast light on the tip of the torch. Bernie's going to cast light on the tip of a torch. Well, we could use a torch and it'll also make us warm. No, it won't. <laughs> but no, fire. Yeah, but it's a... It, there won't be enough. This is this is person who's had to light fires. It That's not enough. That's not enough. Yeah. Also, I think the light spell will actually give you more light than a torch will, so... Which you would all know. All right. Yeah. Travancore, you're holding up this lighted torch, as it were. The hull is damaged in multiple places. You can see not just the large cavernous place where you crawled on in. You can see two other holes in the ship. 
the contents of whatever was in the the bottom of the ship the hull are long since spoiled and destroyed jonathan roll an investigation check for me again now that you're inside the ship and get a a closer look at it oh way better uh soft 20 okay uh looks like this this ship ran aground or ran into this iceberg it looked like uh this is clearly a ship that was not an icebreaker that didn't know what it was doing that probably didn't even see this thing maybe it was running at night maybe it was just poorly managed but all of the massive holes in the ship seem to be uh very quintessential this thing ran into an iceberg and and lodged itself in here you you can see a bunch of boxes, a lot of them contain spoiled rations, spoiled food. Nothing that's been maybe like a month, month and a half. Like old enough to be kind of eh, destroyed, but nothing so old that it's turned to, to complete mush. You do also see uh, two or three crates that have also broken open that have uh, what looks like fine bolts of silk in them in very bright colors. Uh, stuff that would be highly prized, especially in, in some of the colder climates. Like vibrant, vibrant greens and reds and blues scattered about. Some of them destroyed. Some of them you could, you could probably still salvage, although they're big. They're like the bolts are the size of Carlton and heavy enough that would probably probably take him or shadow to be able to lift we got a bag of holding right it won't fit in a bag of holding oh. uh, it will it'll just take some finagling they're they're, they're not wide but they're long and yeah, they're heavy are. so you would have to so we t- tilt it and then we just slide the bag onto it yeah there you uh, yes. it would take a while yeah, but you, you could start to do that if you want and then you do see <laughs> stairs leading up out of the hold into the actual ship it would be a little bit of a, a weird tilted bit to get into it but you can uh jonathan the magic muscular casts uh, spider climb on itself boop i will say you don't you don't think you'd need spider climb to get on in so if you don't want to have to cast it this isn't necessary it'll just be awkward it's gonna be it's gonna be it's like finagling it's it's like a, a not 45 like 20 degree angle here so yeah before we let's do we want these silks? We do. They're worth their value. I, friends, I'm gonna make a prediction here. We are going to be doing a fast exit, and we are not going to be doing an exit that gives us time to finagle silk. Would you guys like to finagle with me for a few minutes uh, before we go explore anywhere else? Yeah. I think the silk's a priority. Like, let's get that. If we want yeah. to sell them or make clothes out of them or, or have decorate our made, house with them, we could put them in the bag of holding because I have a feeling that when we leave this ship, we're going to be leaving in a hurry. Sure. Let's. We can make a. <gasps> Bernie. Bernie. Mm-hmm. We can make a tutu for Sir Alistair Duke. Oh, yes. That would be one way to use very expensive fabric. <laughs> Get, make them all like maids outfits make one of them a butler outfit but the other two maids outfits think about the thing that you want to do but <laughs> make the clothes that are right for you sorry i was watching daniel tiger's neighborhood with my daughter never be sorry never be sorry all right um i will ask there are uh three large boxes full of these bolts of the ones that you can find that are unspoiled there's probably two dozen they're all within your power without any extravagant checks to put into the bag of holding but it's gonna take some time how many would you like to shove in there 
what is our color distribution? What would you like to find? Well, I was just thinking, if we're thinking about selling them, I'm trying to think from the (laughs) I'm overthinking this. Let's just put that on the table. Julia is overthinking, and she's thinking, okay, how many yards usually are in a bolt of fabric and I'm thinking well if someone wants to make clothes out of them and we're selling it to someone they're going to want a lot of the same color but then if it's a merchant they're going to want there's even a couple of bolts that you can see that have patterns on them let's go for the pattern ones first patterns these are fancy schmancy fancy schmancy patterns yeah I think very fine pattern. light patterns, mostly of like alternating light and darks, like as it maybe were, like a paisley. Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Argyle. There's a very interesting history to paisley. Roll an investigation check, Travancore. Sweet. <laughs> I was wondering if I'd get a chance to to roll to an investigation check. Argyle silk. As if, that's why I'm making him roll an this investigation. This is Dungeons and Dragons. Anything can happen. Fourteen. Uh, there, there is no accounting for taste. Um, you find a couple paisleys, you Hold find on. a couple- Wait, can I roll an investigation check and we have dueling investigation checks to see just how daggy this fabric's gonna get? I'm gonna say no, because what you asked for is in the realm of possibility, where Travancore is asking for something outrageous. Most of these are, the patterns are all monochromatic colors, so that's several blues in one, or several greens, or the paisley, that kind of thing. Travancore goes looking for an argyle, he's digging them through, taking a couple of minutes, don't find any argyle you do find some really nice reds maybe a beautiful brocade you do find a purple well i guess i'm taking a red and a purple (laughs) all right each of you write down two colors of bolts that you would like that are within the realm of not argyle can i think about it sure i will say you can think about it just say two bolts of incredibly fine silk julia is gonna do some thinking as you are putting two, four, six, so this would be the eighth bolt that you're putting into the bag of holding. You all feel the boat shudder. Uh, and then you hear this. Right, I, think, I, think it's enough, I think it's enough self. You hear this noise 20. like ice cracking, but it's enough above to choke you. A spider. It's not below you. It's, it's, it's the sound of like fine ice breaking that, that weird uh, styrofoam-like noise, but it's it's coming from way above and kind of to the right of you. It's like something stepping on it. You're not sure. It's hard to tell through the layers of everything, but you you felt the boat the boat rock and this there's this weird noise now. This, as I said, like there's no styrofoam in this world, but like it's that styrofoam noise when you step on snow. That weird noise. The crunching, snapping yeah. sound. Yeah. Uh, friends. Yeah. Uh, do we want to get the fuck out? Uh, yes. Yes, let's go. Yes. All right. You're going to leave with your bolts? Yeah. Gonna yep. bolt We're going to bolts. bolt. All right. As you're starting to come out the hole of the ship that you, you came into, it you're cu- climbing on out and you hear the ship rock a little bit again. And you look back. And at the front of the ship, kind of the highest point where the ship was, you see the wood splinter and like almost as though something was pressing on it from the outside. You watch as the the top of this boat kind of goes 
and you hear this noise again and it's this crunching noise has gotten louder. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta yep. go. Just beeline to the dinghy. Alright, I need uh, dexterity checks from all of you. Oh no. Except for Bucks because he's flying. Oh no. Saves or checks? Uh, checks. Okay. Oh dear. Okay. Also, oh dear. Travancore and Shadow. Oh, Travancore rolled a 10. Shadow rolled a 4. <laughs> okay. Uh, Carlton? 20. And Jonathan? 3. Did I see there was a natural one? Yes. When did Tim the guard show up? I don't know. <laughs> and Bernie? 2. Did you also roll a natural one? or just No, go I rolled a 2. Okay. Anyone who rolled under a 17... As you are making your way back up this this rough tube Is that, everybody that you but come me? through, the the whole tube shakes again as though almost like an earthquake. It's weird. Uh, little bits of ice fall from the ceiling of this this tunnel. Jonathan, uh, so those of you who rolled under a seventeen, you slip and fall on your butt in the ice. You don't take any damage, but it's this weird awkward moment. Jonathan, what also happens to you? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I oh. guess I scraped my knee. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. Okay, you fall in your butt and you slide about twenty feet back towards the boat. Like you kind of lose a little bit of ground. Not not too much. It's it's more like you went down a little bit of a nice slide. It's ungraceful. You are embarrassed. That's okay. He feels shame as a minor action. Carlton, as you were the only person to succeed on this check, you hold your ground. And you look up and you see at the front of now that you're outside the boat and kind of coming back up this tube at the front of the boat is a massive dark shape and it is burrowing its way towards you. And every time the ground shakes around you, this thing seems to be digging through the ice. All you can see is this massive blue on blue on black shape coming directly for towards you. I ready my sword and say, uh, guys, uh, it's time to, uh, time to, uh, go into action. Uh, something's coming for us. Are you all going to stay there or do you want to continue to? I mean, I'm going to keep trying to get towards the boat. Yeah, yeah. Get, towards the boat. Keep... get towards the boat. We... <coughs> but I want us to be prepared. Right. We keep on running. All right. If you're going to keep running, I need uh, dexterity checks from all of you again. Uh, Jonathan, as he gets up, spider climb. Okay, then Jonathan, I do not need a check from you. Hopefully I'm more dexy this time. And if, uh, as he runs up, he wants to try and no! uh, uh, gracefully... Oh no! He's going to try and gracefully pick up Bernie by by the back by the uh, the back of her belt. Just... Th- sure, then Bernie, I'll give you advantage on your check. Uh, What'd you get? Uh, uh, well, a 19. Okay, and uh, Travancore and Shadow? Travancore got a 22, Shadow got a 12. And Carlton? That was a one on the die, so a four. Excellent. Carlton, as the ice above you all breaks, and most of you have made it kind of towards the top of this tunnel. There's some scraping and some issues happening, but you're you're making it. Uh, Jonathan is able to, like, help Bernie make it up. It's just enough of an incline that your your feet are slipping. The ground is shaking. The whole iceberg seems to be just quaking under your feet. Carlton, you slip. And like Jonathan before you, fall on your butt and look up as the shape bursts through the ice. And you watch 
as two massive claws reach out, rending the ice above you. And then a second pair of claws come around it. And a third pair of claws push it through as this massive blue shape with a huge maw, uh, six legs and a tail, lands with a thud next to you. As my natural 20 means that this giant salamander type creature with multiple legs and a maw filled with steam that is turning to ice before you goes and that's where we'll pick it up next time Uh... all right so i'm gonna give you a little bit of experience for all of that fun and the next time we'll be starting with rolling initiative uh, because it, it rolled a natural 20 as it was just chasing you. So now you got to fight it. So for, uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. So for climbing up into the crow's nest over and over and over and over and over again, for hot sauce in your bag, which I appreciate, for bed checks, <laughs> and then for everybody rolling a we're just going to sleep bed check, which I thought was uh, adorable. Look, sometimes you need someone else to make the decision for you, and that someone is the dice. Exactly. Yeah. There's There are many reasons we have dice. That is one of them. For Travancore deciding to once again draw, and, and I would love to know at the end of this what, what he continues to draw every time he's on the ship. What, what did he draw? I didn't get a chance to ask this because I was too busy having you roll, but what was he drawing? Oh, just like, I think the first day he was drawing like seascapes, like looking out into the ocean and trying to get the waves right. If there's anything out on the horizon or islands or birds or the sky, he would do that. The second day he was trying to get the particulars of the ship. So he was just trying to look around and like see if he get the mask correct, like the uh, the captain, the, po- the, the boat, the port, the starboard, all that good stuff. Nice. And for Jonathan and Carlton having fun with Bigby's hand, because, hey, you know, preparation is key. I'm going to give you a total of 4,000 experience to split between the four of you. And next time, when we get together, there will be maybe a fight. I don't know. You could decide to flee if you like, but there will be initiative being rolled. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeondrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.